Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! <laughs> what? Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. I'm D. Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. As always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. And this week, shit, we got something special for y'all. Ghost, tell them what we're working with. Oh, oh shit. Is it another barn burner up in here? Y'all know what it is. It's Danny Fuenzalita, absolute legend, long overdue interview. We met him, shit, like 10 years ago or something. Showed us around Miami. Uh, Great guy, great conversation. You're going to enjoy that one for sure. And we've taken y'all to the post office. We've got special guest Ludovic Lalenga, aka Zhu, uh, had to come back at, at Melvis <laughs> for a little drama <laughs> exchange. Uh, and then we've taken y'all to the rundown. We talk in Charlotte Hornets. We talk in Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies. You know what I'm saying? We don't just talk Lakers and fucking Brooklyn Nets around here, man. We're giving love to everyone in the league. And uh, it's a great episode, man. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a very special voice note from our boy B. Naki trying to uh, put some respect on Antoine's name. And uh, yeah. we all here for it, baby. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit up our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. We got to cook up something special for our patrons, man, real soon. Don't worry. We got y'all. And then our website thebuntlive.com every episode logged for your listening pleasure without further ado the ghost shout out of the week a very special moment in every episode what you got for me um oh big part this week uh leo cholet i think french homie dropped the venture part i'm a big fan of his he's got mean nolly flip switch flip game uh, although I don't think it was really in display in this part, but uh, epic part for Venture. Check it out. Mandem's got the pop, the stilo. You know what I'm saying? Just an all-around beast, man. Shout out Leo Cholet. Yes, sir. So like the ghost said, Danny Fuenzalita in the building. Didn't remember one of my uh, best backside flips in my life, but uh, he going to remember us after this interview. Uh, yeah, so anyways... Uh, only one thing left to do before we make it pop, and that's order ourselves some dinner. Ghost, what's on the menu? Oh, man. The other day, your boy went ham. <laughs> I had to mix it up, get a couple flavors popping. You know what I'm saying? A medium Dr. Pepperoni, a medium Frank's Best, two chocolate chip cookies, two ginger ales, two baby gem salads. Oh, that bill was fat. <laughs> But then I had to remind them who I was. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. Shout out Maker Pizza. Family. Let's get it. 
Dude, you ever try the mushroom pizza? That's all I can order nowadays, man. It's incredible. What? You know I don't eat mushrooms, fool. Yeah, me either. But but now I do. Maker pizza, oh. man, make you do crazy things. Okay, okay. Maker <laughs> pizza, order online or via the app available on Android and iOS or head in store. Downtown Queen Spadina, Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, Eastside Gerard and Carla. They got one up on Bluer now on the West End, too. It don't stop. Maker Pizza taking over the world, baby. Maddie Matheson, tell them what you're working with when you order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, y'all. Let's get this interview pop. All right, y'all. We got the man, Danny Fuenzalita, in the building. Did I say your name right? Yeah, that was perfect. Whew. All right, man. It's good to have you here. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Sir, long time coming. We start every show off the same, Danny. You got to hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Holy shit. Skate moment? Like, ever? Maybe my backside flip off that grade over the hydrant <laughs> 10 years ago. That was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a long list then. <laughs> yeah. No, um, maybe like a Harold Hunter moment. I was in uh, Germany with the New York guys, and uh, Zared Bassett was switchback 5 owing that, like, I think it's a 12-stair hubba with, like, a yeah. rail beside it. Do you remember that? He, like, hit the rail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, like, me and Harold and Akil were just, like, shooting the shit and, like, sitting there, and... Uh, and after he like he did like eight of them in a row or something like it was insane oh and he was just getting picky like he wanted it to be better and better which is so sick and uh i remember harold like walking up and down the stairs he's like man i don't even gotta skate this shit i'm a fucking legend and like we were just we were just, <laughs> we were just dying laughing like and he just walked back up and down it <laughs> like he's like, i just walk up and down these stairs like that that shit wow. was fabulous he ain't lying that's one person in skateboarding that I feel like I can speak for Donald too. We both wish we met, man. Such a legend. I did meet Harold Hunter. Oh, what? Yeah, at when? Oakville Skate Park. He was there with uh, Quim Cardona. They were in Canada for some reason. Damn. And they were looking for a place to stay. And I was like, yo, you guys can stay in my mom's basement if you want. Like, it's not <laughs> popping at all. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to know. No <laughs> parents' basement, dog. And I was like, well, it's a pleasure meeting you, Harold. That's sick. Yeah, Quim, Quim's one yeah. of my all-time faves, too, for real. Like, I used yeah. to really aspire. And, like, to him and Tim O'Connor, how they would, like, cross their arms before they would pop. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, just loving that shit. I was like, man, that's so much style. And I remember, like, going out and trying it and being like, nah, I'd look fucking stupid trying this shit. <laughs> like, I was just like, they, they pull it off so well. And what do you got for favorite sports moment? Fuck. I was, like, a huge Michael Jordan fan, but I couldn't, like, pull out, like, which moment was the my favorite moment. I guess when he did that, like, the free throw dunk, mm-hmm. I remember I remember that being, like, amazing. I think it was in the, the slam dunk contest or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was I, – I remember tripping out on that as a, as a jit. Um, the older I got, like, I guess any, any kind of sport moment, it was, uh, it was all just revolved around skating. I remember just ditching everything, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just drop sports, which is – kind of messed up <laughs> now i'm getting like into ping pong and stuff and i'm like yeah like like all sports are sick you know it's fucking yeah. it's a lot of work to get good at something and you got to respect the the effort and talent for that sure. people put forward yeah i feel like that's such a common thing for skaters too we reach a point 
probably like in our high school years where we don't want anything to do with any other sports. It's all skating all the time. And then as we get older again, we kind of touch back in with the sports we played when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not for sure. Wait, I was just, you know, I'm from the era where we were the derelicts and we got like shunned. So, mm-hmm. and then like, I don't know, maybe five years into skating, skating became cool. And you're like, man, you guys like, a few years ago were all dickheads to me like why are you nice now (laughs) like i don't know so danny take us back to the beginning where did you grow up and how'd you get into skating um i'm an australian born chilean so two chilean parents had me in australia i moved to canada at seven and then i moved to chile at 10 damn i moved yeah i lived on vancouver island for three years port hardy little mining town and then a, a Canadian friend brought his skateboard to Chile because he moved to Chile too. And uh, so when I was tw- 11, right before I was 12, I saw my first like front 180 that inspired me to start skating. And I just remember bugging out on like the board, getting off the ground. That's what got me into skating. Mm-hmm. So I was in Chile till I was 18. And then I moved to California at 18, San Francisco, like studied at SF State. That's how I came in the country as a student. Um, and then Freak San Jose after two years, stayed there for like four and then back to SF for like two and a half more and then Miami. And I've been in Miami ever since. Wow. That's a wild trip around the world pretty much growing up, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had me move like three times and then I moved myself like three times or four times. So what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? I don't know. It's weird. I guess it's like a culmination of little breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the biggest one, I guess, would be like when they were like, "Yo, go to go skate the fir- your first pro contest, and if you get top ten, we'll turn you pro." And I was like, "That's what? That's how you're gonna turn me pro?" Like, <laughs> super weird. And then like I got eighth at Slam City Jam, and they turned me pro right when I got back. Like, it was like the first my first contest as Damn. a pro. What brand was that for at the time? Think, think. Skateboards. Oh, that was already okay. You're already on Think. Oh yeah, I uh, I moved to the states on Think, which is super weird. I came to look for a university and uh, and I like applied for San Francisco State, got accepted, and then basically I was skating with the Think team that whole vacation for like three months. I was like staying with Diego Bucheri. He lived with Dandra Hobel, and like I'd just get picked up in the van with my buddy who I was with, Gia and Diego and like we just ride with the van and I met like the whole team like Jake Nunn, Poncho Muller, everybody that was on the team, Tim McKinney and uh they all like I guess put in a good word Pat Duffy um and they, it was it was super sick like I remember them telling me hey we want you to ride for Think but we heard you're moving to the states so when you move here you're on the team and I was like well I'm going back to Chile but I already am accepted to my university I'm booking a flight right ASAP and so I'll be back in two months and they're like, okay, but when you're here, you're on the team. And I was like, okay. And I went home and like told everyone, I'm like, I'm on Think. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, it was pretty sick. That's so sick. That was yeah. like a sick era of Think, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It's like doing demos with Dandra Hobel, the one-man demo. Dude. And the butcher, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. Chop, chop. <laughs> but I just remember going to demos and like Duffy being like, all right, Danny, go do your job. I'm like, wait, you're the you're the pro, and he's like, no, AMS do all the demos. Like, you you you're good at this, and I, I was just like, fuck. I just remember like doing thousands of demos and just 
fucking trying my best just so that kids wouldn't fucking be like, God, these think dudes suck. And it, <laughs> we had like Dandra Hobel like ripping. So it was, thank God for him. Like, honestly, like it was rad. Everyone would pull some shit out, but I just do remember a few moments where Duffy would be like, Danny, get the fuck out there and do some good skating. I'll be like, fuck. All right, shit. I got to really perform. <laughs> okay. So back to the going pro thing though. When you got eighth, did you just start going crazy and no one understood why you're like, I'm pro like, or like, how did that no. all play out? No, 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 no. I, I actually thought I was going to do better. And like, I was qualifying like first all through the rounds. It was a weird contest. They did like five man jams. Two people would like, like uh. qualify to the next. It was like a, like head to head type situation. Mm-hmm. And it was sick. I it hated was like, those, man. Yeah. It was really I hated weird watching them. Yeah. It pissed me off because the fucking I was always with like like heavy hitters. I remember yeah. like so I was like with Paul Rodriguez and everyone, oh. and uh, and I and I was actually qualifying first and he was second, and then we were bumping out like fucking some of the gnarliest skaters. And I just remember being like, "Why the fuck is this happening? Like I have to fucking skate with these dudes again." <laughs> and then I like bailed in the finals, so I didn't land my full run. I was kind of disappointed actually. So I, I it's went always home. so weird though. Like yeah. the judges can't watch everything, right? In the jam, but uh, yeah. the finals were a run though. There oh, were like okay. there were like three runs or something. So like mm. once you made it to the finals, it was a completely different contest. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the jams were helping me. I was like less uh, nervous or something. Actually, I just missed one trick because I f- like got caught up in like a crack. Like you know when you don't like calculate the ramp and you, mm-hmm. I like I hit the edge of the ramp. It was stupid. It was like a one of those fluke falls, but I never like landed a fucking complete run in a contest anyway in the finals. So I never did like great in contests. I do. Okay. Uh, I remember Mm. seeing you at some of the, uh, what were those ones called? The West 49 opens. Yeah. Right. You you were getting bucked, Doug. Thanks. Yeah. I think I got fourth on like one of them or two of them. Yeah, I remember. I I think I was there. You went off on one of them, nollie back healing some bump over rail and shit. Like every try. Sounds about right. Thanks. I kind of miss those contest days. I mean, I've never been to a street league in person, but I just miss like actually looking forward to going to some random contest before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was sick. It was sick. I remember doing like a slam city in Calgary and they had like a dog house. That was super fun. Oh, I was in that one. I I didn't skate in slam city, but there was like the the little like am thing before called DC nationals was like the the first day or some shit. And then we all skated and then got to watch all you guys like the next day. It was fucking sick. And I think a couple of AMs qualified, right, from it? Yeah, yeah. Mickey Papa and... Uh, Ryan Desenzo, maybe? Ryan Desenzo, yeah. Yeah, or Scott. Yeah, I remember I remember tripping out on the, the Desenzo brothers at that contest. Like, dude, like, these kids. I just remember being like, wait, there are two of them? And they were both <laughs> just fucking it up. Like, yeah, it was fun. I remember hippie jumping that, that, that doghouse, though. That's That was a fucking epic moment for me. I was like, yes! <laughs> Shoot the board through that hole and land on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of remember that. So, yeah, you turned pro at 15, had an epic... No, no, at 21. Oh, at 21. Yeah, I moved to the States at 18, so I was am for like three years, two and a half years, and then I turned pro at 21. Right, my bad. Yeah, so you rode for Think for a big chunk of your career. Always had a dope team, but also felt like an unappreciated, like kind of under-the-radar brand, despite having a sick team even like the later stages what was your experience like overall riding for think 
I mean, when Fausto was the owner and Tony Vitello, it was it was amazing. Like I, they treated me extremely well. I remember Fausto was like the the guy that introduced me to like being pro and had like that talk with me where he's like, "Are you are you like willing to work to be? A, are you going to be a professional person? You know, like are you going to work hard for this?" And and he's like, "I know you're from Chile." He's like, "I'm from Argentina." It's like sick that. Uh, that you like are from the same kind of area you were Latino. It's like, we're out here trying to get it. It's not like we're, we're just here to have fun. You know, we're here to do some work too. And it was a cool conversation with him. And, uh, if, for those that don't know, Fausto Vitello was a uh, owner of think venture, all basically all my in-house sponsors. And then also Thrasher magazine and a bunch of other like big, uh, companies. And, uh, it was just cool. It was like super motivating. And then I was friends with his brother, when he was like 14, 15, and he like, he shot his first photo of me in a magazine, it was with me. I remember being like super psyched. And he was like actually a little tipsy and it came out a little blurry. And I was like, that's cause that's what you, that's how you were seeing, bro. Like I remember just fucking with him. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was like, it was like family, you know? And like, I, so like, I really appreciated Think and that's why I stayed loyal with them. I think to the very end, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, like later down the road, like I think at the end, maybe four, three years before the end, he, like Tony, I think was overwhelmed because Fausto passed doing, dealing with Thrasher. He stopped doing city skateboards, which was his like little creation. I think he kept Hubba going for a while, but yeah, it was just kind of too much just dealing with Thrasher. So he like handed it off to Strange Bird. They were the dudes that do uh, low card. And uh, Rob Collison's a, like a really nice dude, but uh, they, it was just like I think overwhelming to like make orders meet. They like too many orders for international orders, so they started losing orders because they couldn't like keep up. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of why like think kind of just fell off at some point. Damn. I remember my checks got a little like smaller, and that's when I was like, all right, later. I left like I think a year and a half before they ended. But yeah, that was unfortunate because around that time, like business as usual came out and that video was so fucking good so it was kind of weird where the video came out and then think kind of fizzled out at the same time yeah and i remember that video had hella views too on thrasher and shit like i was like oh shit here we go but it went the other way but it makes sense after hearing your explanation yeah yeah now business as usual was a tough one for me i remember like Justin Carlson was like getting my clips and I was sending him cause I didn't film with him that much cause I wasn't living in San Francisco. So I remember just sending tons of clips from many random filmers and, uh, and, and like he hit me up like maybe three weeks before the video deadline. And he was like, Hey, so everybody's part's super sick, but yours is like kind of like half done. And I was like, but you downloaded all the video clips I sent. He's like, not all of them. And I was just like, fuck, I'm not going to like hit up everyone again and ask them that we transfer oh, you that shit. Tough. Yeah, I was like super bummed. And so I just took a filmer from Miami, Mikey Bueso, and we went to Puerto Rico and I filmed like 25 clips and I think like 14 of them got in the part. I like made it happen like by myself, you know, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my part good, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to let that shit suck. Yeah, <laughs> Did those clips ever see the light of day? The ones that he didn't download? Hell no, no. Damn. No, I have like a lot of clips that don't see the light of day because... I was this, you know, I mean, I was serious about getting footage and serious about like putting my all into video parts, but I don't think I was so serious about like tracking down clips and like having a laptop there and like, like capturing a clip with a filmer that I didn't know or something. Mm-hmm. So I would just be like, oh, whatever, use that in a project or send it to me. And like, 
I kind of do. That's one big regret I have. Like, I wish I was more on top of like my clips and like controlling your own. Yeah. Yeah, your likeness exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're not the only one. There's tons of skaters that it's like once you do the work to get the clip, you're just kind of like almost don't hands. even want to. Yeah, you don't want to fucking. It's a whole other stress game to like track it down and shit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully 10 years from now, skaters don't need to worry about that. They have, like, somebody that deals with all that shit for them. <laughs> they just send him a text, hey, this guy, here's his number, get my clip. Yeah. yeah, but there's stories about that for as long as time, man. Yeah, that's true. So you've ridden for Satori for a long, long time now, part of its legacy team. How cool has it been watching that brand evolve and continue to thrive till this day? And how high did y'all get on those Satori trips, man? Um, well, that's neither here nor there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, we were definitely, it was, uh, it was a brand that was revolved around like getting super copiously <laughs> fucked up on like all the way, all the way through and through. I feel like they were like, you know, funded by that whole situation <laughs> at first. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely. But it's it was cool. It was cool. I I uh, I remember like getting on because of some I think a double rock contest. I think I like nolly healed some fourteen foot pyramid and got second. I tied with Zared and I think Chris Cole yeah. won with Apple Yard. I can't quite remember who was the tie for the win, but it was fucking like a fun contest that we did at uh, Double Rock. It was like super good time. And I just remember like Craig coming up to me after and he was like, "Dude, I want you to ride for this wheel company. I'm starting." So I was pretty much there from like almost the beginning, and uh, yeah, it was, and Craig was a super nice dude, and uh, and his like the for all the first years of trips were fucking awesome. Like it was like just Craig like being like let's go, and he would just you know pay for everything and make us eat healthy, and it was it was like a truly organic vibe, and like I I seriously enjoyed it, and that's the only reason why I'm like back on it now. I I don't smoke anymore, but. Like I still support Craig and like his movement and and it's legal like in Cali so it's not like he's just selling to under the table non taxed he's getting taxed out the wazoo he pays more taxes than most people so he's doing good for the government and <laughs> but, are we still uh, talking about wheels or no uh, both <laughs> treason treason uh, wheels. But uh, I did. Uh, I did do a few like positive things on Satori. I uh, I uh, like invented the recycling the wheel. Sick. Um, I remember Craig being like, "I really want to recycle wheels. I have this hemp oil program, but the hemp oil on the wheels isn't as good as I wanted it to at first. And uh, and I was like, "Let's figure out how to recycle wheels." And I sat there with him, and we just like I was brainstorming, brainstorming, brainstorming. Finally, I was like, "Bro, let's just grind down the outer layer and make a core, a recycled core." And he's like, okay, yeah. He's like, fuck, that could work. And so I think it's coming back. I think the Recycle Wheel program is about to come back. Sick. So yeah. doing good for the earth, you know, while being super toasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I can't, I don't know if it was the original Satori video, but the one, there was one that was playing on, we had on repeat at the shop back in the day at a drift. In Roots and, and Culture? Yeah, was it the one with like, Guru's part in search and, of roots and culture yeah yeah yo that video was so classic and like, or mapping time and space was the next one that was a good one too brian delator just 
jumping on gigantic rails in Florida and Guru had that insane part with the nollie back nose blunt to fakie on the drop ledge and shit yeah. right classic, classic stuff right there yeah no yeah Manzuri edited the Mike Manzuri edited the the In Search of Roots and Culture and I, I like loved it and uh they I remember him asking me like what song do I want and I was like man my experience letting you choose is probably the best thing I could do because you got to put more love into the making the editing and stuff and he chose like the best song it was like some Peruvian flutes and shit yeah you had the Peruvian flutes going I just rewatched that the other day so sick yeah yeah it was cool he's he's a fabulous editor so and skater and I've like over the years I've gotten to know him super good dude hell yeah Libya, a permanent ceasefire agreement was signed in October 2020, and the country is now rebuilding. Despite all the obstacles, a Libyan skate scene has formed. Since 2012, they have been working towards their dream of building the country's first skate park. Make Life Skate Life plan to kick off construction in May. However, they need a final push to achieve their goal of building Libya's first skate park. Please contribute to their fundraiser and help pave the way for a better future for the youth in Libya. Visit makelifeskatelife.org slash Libya. This message was provided to you by CHPO. CHPO brand, doing it for the people. So Danny, we hear you're into physics. Has that played a part in your tech skating over the years? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say, like, trying to understand the physics of the world helps your uh, understanding of everything that you do with your body movements, mm-hmm. the board rotating, the where where to pop, how to pop, just, like, a million different things. Like, understanding if you pop from one side of the board, it actually, like, pops up the other way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you pop this way, and it, it kind of comes up that way, and, like... There's just like a, a million things that I think, thanks to physics, I definitely like had a step up on the game. Like, I mean, in Chile, I might have been one of the first people to push switch Ooh. because I would just be like, "Why would I push for miles in one leg? I think it's gonna like make my muscles uneven, and I'm not gonna gain muscle in the other leg. Like, that would be kind of dumb." Very true. And and so I would like push both ways and. And that, like that was infinitely helpful for my development as a switch skater, stuff like that. Mm, for sure. Sometimes I feel like the more I break down a trick, the the harder it gets, though, man. <laughs> to land, I think <laughs> when you're figuring myself. out like the movement, yeah, no, I agree. I think like there's like a flow, and if it's like a three part trick, yeah, I remember like making myself figure out how to like think one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So I would break it down into three steps. Let's say it's a three-part trick. I would be like, do the first one. Don't think about the second or third step until I'm past the first step type yeah. thing. And then once I'm in the second step, start thinking about the third step. Like it would just, it would be a lot easier than to start thinking too much. And I think like thinking out the trick is figuring out the trick. Landing the trick is letting go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like yeah, that. like the yeah. blackout. Yeah, like like just giving it giving in to the moment like type thing like where you're like all right you know what fuck it I've already figured it out I'm this is like muscle memory now you just do it you don't think about it at that point real shit I like that I was about to ask if you have a tip for the people a physics tip to help with their skating but I think you just gave us a good one man 
give in to the moment. Just just let it happen. <laughs> I wish it was just as easy as it is to say it out loud. Yeah. Half the time, it's, yeah, it's like we were just talking about it. Um, uh, it's like, like kind of a fear over, you know, just want like wanting to give it a shot you know it's like like if you can if you can overcome the fear of trying Mm -hmm. then you can do it like they say you know you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take so it's just take some shots and it'll work in the end yeah shit all right i'm gonna remember that i was trying to switch flip the eight at lot 11 today and it i always just like i don't even flick it's so strange like i'll just do some normal ones on flat and then as soon as i'm trying it down something i miss my flick completely like it, it drives me nuts but uh i'm gonna give in to the moment tomorrow if i can walk after <laughs> you know i don't know if i'll be able to walk after jumping down that for probably like 30 minutes longer than i should have <laughs> which i pro- i tried it for 30 minutes so that was like i shouldn't even wow. have tried one is what i'm saying but <laughs> Yeah. No, when I've skated that eight stair, I'm like, I probably put like a 15 try top on my tricks. I'm like, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. <laughs> either either it happens right away or yeah. just stop Dude, trying. I was with Jedi and I was like, yo, two tries. And then class like five later, I'm like, yeah, last try. I said last try like for 15 Dude, more in. tries. And I was <laughs> like, yo, my, all right, I'm really done right here. Man. I was like, just walk away after this one. <laughs> You got to imagine his like security guard kicking you out. You're like last try. It's really the last try. Yeah, you yeah. should have got him to do that. For fuck's sakes. Yeah, I. That's one thing I can't lie. It feels. We haven't talked about the whole lot eleven thing, but I do feel like when I'm there, I can't relax. Like right now, I left and like somebody's like rolling up, and I like gotta go and be like, yo, can you please not smoke weed? There's like parents right here. Yeah. yeah don't drink yeah, beer. Yeah. I'm telling my friends like, don't drink beer. Please don't drink. It's like you, I just become like a broken record and like I'm like fucking I hate I hate this like when if I was a kid and I would see myself today I'd be like what a fucking kook <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah, I'm like telling sure. me to do what I don't not to do what I want to do right now man fuck you yeah but hey man that's me that's life <laughs> um, so these days you're basically like the skate ambassador of Miami uh, we remember and thank you for showing us around back in 2013 or so even though you sadly didn't remember us cody got the front heel on the bump over hydrant donald got the steezy backside flip look back like mike fife uh real good times for us hell yeah clearly not for you you switch trade it so that you, that's why you probably forgot you switch yeah, trade it and you're I like, only- who are these canadians again my narcissistic self just remembers my trade <laughs> but what's it like being the go-to tour guide in the 305 especially these last two years when it seems every brand has sent their team at least once well i can't lie lately i've been slowing down on it because it's not fun unless the people i'm with are good friends mm-hmm. because i am really not willing to take time out of my life to show people around that won't give me the same energy i'm gonna give them as far as like if i'm trying a trick like the filmer and photographer if you ask me should be like let's let's get that like push me like i'm one of the team right or at least make me feel a part of the session Mm -hmm. like and if if i don't feel that reciprocation i'm not gonna meet back up i'm not gonna help in any way because i'm like man you know what like just good good luck you know like (laughs) yeah it's not my it's not my job 
if you want to pay me to do it, maybe I'll think about it. But I probably don't care about that anymore either. Yeah. Like, it takes eight hours of a day to show people around. And, you know, if you pay me, what, are you going to pay me $800 a day? No, no skate team is going to pay me what I want to be paid for my time. Yeah. And so truly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into it. So, but like, <laughs> uh, like if, you're my, if you're my friends, though, like, psh, whole nother story, you know, I'm going to link up and we're going to skate and have fun and I'm going to feel that, that what I want anyway because they're my buddies, you know? Yeah. And like, even if the filmer's not my buddy, then my friend's going to be like, yo, hey, let's, let's get this. He's trying something sick, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, it, I feel like when, when you're with friends, that never happens, you know? It's always going to be like a good vibe and you're going to feel part of the session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that. If you're like the go-to guy for so many years and it's unpaid like that's a lot of time to fucking dedicate to like if you're oh, yeah. not getting that mutual respect yeah yeah a lot of companies paid me so i didn't i wouldn't say they didn't but the ones that didn't after a while you start to be like yeah you're just using me like on my instagram you could like check out my dms shout out to all the people that understand why i'm not answering it's like <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, hey, where's that spot you just skated? I'm like, bruh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not your your tour guide to every spot I skate, you know? I'm like, I'm going to blow them up because everybody's asking me where, where that spot, you know? Like, it's not, uh, especially the it's last not my years, duty. Man. Yeah, it's tough yeah. over a long period of time for sure. But like the, yeah. the last two years, how many edits and like things have we seen? And like, everyone's just in Miami all the time. And I get it. Like, it's, it's good to be down here right now. It's fucking feels like just normal life out here yeah and it's it's like not winter it's winter here but our winter is like some everybody else's summer so yeah dude that is not winter i remember there were times when we were down there years ago where homies would be huddled up around a fire with winter jackets on and the canadians are like in tank tops and shorts like what the hell is going on down here y'all are tripping but yeah our coldest day just happened like it was like 40 it was our coldest day in 12 years Oh my, oh my god. god fahrenheit 40 fahrenheit so for you canadians that's like seven degrees celsius oh, that's not that's pretty cold for y'all actually yeah i mean 40 what was cold. uh what was one team over the years that made a lasting impression on you man the the team themselves or yeah. the trip yeah either or whatever whatever you thought of first um well i guess the trip i'm definitely gonna have to say asphalt yacht club (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god it's the cheesiest thing to say but stevie uh stefan janowski blake carpenter riley hawk nigel houston like i'm talking best skaters yeah they they rented a fucking mansion on uh, hibiscus island so like (laughs) by star island (laughs) one of the days they got a yacht to pull up to the mansion like Dude. they were paying they were paying me to tour guide them but they also made me feel a part of it so it was like my boys super cool and uh and we would just like i would literally sleep at the mansion with them like i'd be like fuck i'm not gonna go home we would get home we would get to the the crib at like one two go skating early mm-hmm. uh, and like that shit was crazy they would be like fucking sitting in a jacuzzi at like <laughs> three four a.m stevie shows up with like the entire you know, a uh, club. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it was like was you're like, what's list. happening? Holy shit. Yeah, it's just like popping at fucking five in the morning. You're like, holy cow. <laughs> so definitely some good times on that trip. But as far as like skating goes, 
definitely like there's there's been like numerous amounts of amazing skating trips like the etnies ones for when they filmed the transistor that one was fuck it's epic it's like matt berger chris jocelyn nick garcia like bunch of good dudes like sheckler dude that 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 trip was sick like nick garcia did so many amazing creative tricks matt berger murdered it um and chris jocelyn you know like <laughs> fuck a million did Etni stay tricks. on star island with their budget no hell no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yo, yo, that shit was uh, <laughs> that blowout was never gonna happen again i yeah. feel like in skateboarding like <laughs> kudos to stevie shout out to stevie on that one he did good yo shout out ryan allen he was the photographer right was he on that trip yeah yeah hell yeah yep. damn he was living up i gotta ask him about more details about that one yeah. um yeah it was crazy nigel was only there for two days yeah and he, yeah. he just killed it the triangle in two days killed it Fuck. dude he did like 15 tricks in two days <laughs> that's why he's there man yeah that's why they got the yacht <laughs> yeah he missed out on the yacht <laughs> <laughs> when you say stevie brought back the entire club was that club or strip club I just didn't want to specify oh, due to I don't legendary. know what a, what a, <laughs> you know the you know the answer now the way I answer yeah but. but there's no I'm like there's no way Stevie brought back a bunch of dudes at like 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> oh no 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 it was definitely not one dude no way. yeah it's like why would Stevie. I even mention it shit yeah. Donald we gotta we gotta link up with Stevie on a trip you feel me that's our boy. <laughs> He comes a lot now, actually, like, to Miami. He's, like, bringing, I, I don't know, I feel like DGK has been here often. And, like, even yeah. Stevie just coming out. And he organized the Rolling Loud recently, so thank you. And he, like, put me up as, a de- like, one of the demo guys there. And that was super cool. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. Still doing yeah, it, Stevie. Yeah. So you clearly do a lot for the skate scene in Miami and had an integral part behind the scenes on bringing Lot 11 to life. Can you tell us about the project and how dope it is to see it making impact every day down in Miami? It's, uh, I, I guess it's like surreal. It's uh, like, I, I thought up my, it's like I'm the brainchild behind it. I'm the founder of the organization. So to go from asking people what they think to fundraising to become an organization um, to going to the city, getting everyone's like approval, like all the commissioners to the moment where I was like, my partner bailed out on me and like, I'm like by myself doing it. And, uh, and I like, f- like figured out the land. I like figured out a lease. So how to, you know, how to get free land. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Anyone trying to do that, you know, like, fuck, like find a place that's going to be perfect for a skate park and then convince the owner to give you the land. Like, good luck. Um, and so like, I got lucky first one I tried, I got it. Um, and then I, I got a super lucky as well. I partnered with Nick Katz, shout out to him and Richie F's, uh, Zion F's dad. Uh, it's like just kind of escalated like over the years. And then without their support, we wouldn't be a private skate park. Honestly, we would probably, I would have figured it out in another way, maybe a sponsorship or something, but I would have probably just given it to parks and recs. Now, now we're a private skate park and. So not only did we get to design the skate park, build it, contract the people that build it, we oversee it, we maintain it, we manage it, we activate it. And it's like, it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't like that, you know? And, mm-hmm. and to be, yeah, 
nah, to be the integral to like whatever you want to call me, I'm super psyched. And like I said, it's surreal. Like, you know, I mean, it's like at some point you start feeling like you're bullshitting when you're telling people I'm going to build the biggest skate park in Miami, you know? And like, <laughs> I never wanted to be that guy where I'm like talking fucking out my ass, but like it, it worked out. So I wasn't lying. And, uh, and we, we get to like, look back and be like, yeah, we built the first good skate park in Miami and, uh, doing a lot for skateboarding as far as kids being able to have a place that free place to go skate and harness their craft and make new friends, skate smooth ground. Don't, you know, we have the lights on till nine right now. We're going to probably push it till 10 and, uh, and yeah, it works. Fuck yeah, man. Um, I can't remember what year it first opened, but because of the pandemic, hadn't been able to come down. Last time I was down here, uh, I was injured and just walked around the park, but finally got to skate it a few days ago for the first time. And holy shit, is it ever fun? And the sickest thing was just seeing all these kids, like tiny kids, just like 50ing rails and doing crazy shit. I'm like, yo, this next generation out of Miami is going to be so fucking good just because of that park like it, it's such a fucking fun and sick park so hats off to you oh, yeah. and nick and everyone who had anything to do with that thank you speaking of nick cats um you guys put in mad work you know to make the park happen but we heard that when you first met back in the day he fanned out on you man what's the story there <laughs> did he tell you that <laughs> yeah no he said really he said that you chirp him and tell him that <laughs> He he denies it. Yeah. Nah, he nah, it was it was fucking chill. It wasn't crazy, but uh but we we were going skating and I think he like turned to me and he was like, "Man, it's crazy. Like I'm fucking going skating with Danny Fuenzalita. Like I'm fucking hyped." And I like looked at him, it's just me and him in the car. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but it was cool, bro. Like, I mean, I get it, dude." I'm not going to be mean about it. Like, Nick's, Nick's a fucking sweetheart. And we, he was probably super young back then, too. Like, now you think about it. Like, Nick's, like, what, 30 now? He yeah. must have been, like, 19. <laughs> like, it's kind yeah. of a crazy. Like, That's too much. Time man. flies. Oh, shit. That yeah. That was the perfect roast. But nobody give Nick a hard time for that because now we're partners. And I owe him a debt of gratitude for helping me build the skate park and make it ours. So And his, fa- his family. I'm going to make sure to bring that up every time we talk, man. <laughs> no, don't make fun of him, no. So, yo, I'm talking to Nick Katz, man. I can't believe it, dude. This is crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome, dude. I'm, fucking... <laughs> I'm in Nick's house right now. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> Andrew is the owner of Andrew. My God. What a legend. So these days you've been instructing skating. How did that come to be? It goes back to Richie F's. Zion F's dad. So he, Nick Katz built a flat ground parking lot, cemented a flat ground parking lot by Grand Central where he used to work. And that was, we called it Grand Central Park. And we would build it up and I would like DIY at it. Joel started DIYing at it. Another friend started helping me do it. And for me, that was, I had already started Skate Free, but for me, that was like my micro experiment, like to see if sponsors would support me to do events for kids. And to see if like the community would accept me as someone of uh, I don't even know what you call it, like somebody that does stuff for them, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, like so I was there one day skating, and Nick or er, Richie shows up with this with this three year old jit 
and he like like walks up to me or he walks up to I guess Joel and he asks him and he's like hey do you do uh, sk- do you do skateboard lessons and Joel's like nah 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 Joel Meinholz and he, and he's like but maybe that guy over there does skate lessons and he's talking about me and then they come up to me and they're like hey do you do skate lessons and I was like nah 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 I would I don't do skate lessons come on dude fuck <laughs> out of here and uh but like Zion like little Zion he like got so bummed. Like, he literally, his head hit the ground, eyes down, and I was like, damn, so, like, this is the this is the response that the skate community is going to have for kids. Like, so I just started having all these, like, epiphanies, right? And I was like, dude, like, nah, but, like, your son looks cool as fuck. Like, you know, like, I just, like, <laughs> flipped, flipped the card on him, right? I was like, I'll, I'll skate around with your kid for, like, 30, 40 minutes. It's all good. Like, don't worry about it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and, uh... And Zion, little Zion, because he's freaking three, he was so enthusiastic and he was so cool and he listened to my every word, like like paid attention to my my instructions Mm -hmm. that it changed my entire mind of like how kooky being an instructor could be. Like I was like, nah, you know what? This is actually really cool and this kid's amazing and he appreciates it and his dad's gonna pay me for that? Like, I was like, man, you know what, fuck it. Like, when I went back, I was like, hey, man, like, I'll I'll teach your kid. Like, screw it, you know? Like, I didn't need the money at that time, but, at like, right after that, I did. So it was, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, honestly, like, it was, like, it couldn't have come at a better time. And uh, and so we started doing, like, an insane amount of hours. And, like, dad, the dad was like, nah, like, hey, I can't afford this. This is, and I, th- I think I was charging, like, 40 an hour. We were doing too much. And uh, and they, they paid me a full salary. I became Zion's skate coach wow that's incredible yeah and i i did that for like three years wow damn yeah and and then now zion f's is i don't even need to say it most people know who he is he's sponsored by vans santa cruz the kid rips he's 13 and he's like hard flipping 10 stairs and back three and double sets and back smith kick flipping out and he can do all kinds of shit like i'm gonna be learning from him shit he like taught me how to hard flip (laughs) Damn, that's came crazy, full circle. Man. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking sick. And I made his dad my partner for Skate Free because I want to show Zion that there's more to skateboarding than being a good skateboarder and learning new tricks. Like, it's it's about the community. You, you serve a community that you... If you want anything from a community, you better serve your community. And then it's not even about that. Like, you, you, will, you will be grateful for helping people. Yeah. You'll you'll feel the the wealth, you know. It's like it's just it's amazing, you know. I I love it. Like I don't make tons of money from it's a charity to me. Like we don't pay ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And and maybe at some point we will, but it's not even about that. Mm-hmm. Been years, just eleven years of work. Like I don't. We do it so that kids have a place to go skate, and it's gratifying. And you do events so that people are get hyped, right? Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's what's up, bruv. So you also have a board brand going, Cast Skateboards. What's the story behind it, and why did you want to start something new? It goes back into exactly what I was just saying. Uh, I started a brand because I want to motivate people to rip, and I see a lot of talent that is going to be not seen, and and that's why I started a board brand. I was like, okay, well, you do the contests, they're hyped, but they still need like hype to go street skate and film and like 
the whole picture you know and like so that's why i started board brand i was like you know what like i got like a couple guys that i definitely know deserve to be sponsored so i'm gonna like start a board brand and sponsor them and i'll I'll do it for them you know and like i don't like really do it to make money i do it so that a couple writers have boards and have something to film and to film for and so we're making a video and hoping to put it out in the next month month two months like just like that, that kind of stuff, you know. You should, uh, you should dig up those old clips that never saw the light of day, and just all of a he's sudden, probably you just got, got forty new ones. Uh, I know, but then, what well, do you see? He's got a twenty twenty one part, but it would just be funny if it's like find new, newer clips, and then all of a sudden, it just ends with like fucking a bunch of hammers from like 10, 15 years ago or whenever that was. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to get some of those tricks. That would be sick. I did do some digging, but not that far back. <laughs> All right, Danny, can you take us behind the scenes on your legendary Nolly inward heel into the triangle? Uh, well, I'd like Nolly healed it filming for the slap interview uh, and shooting for the slap interview that I was working on. Ended up becoming like the Blade Runner or something. They interviewed me like as if I was a replicant or I could have been a possible replicant if anyone seen Blade Runner. But that sequence came out, and that footage never came out. It was corrupted. Uh, Roger Bagley filmed it, and uh, no, like nothing against him. It happens. Uh, and then uh, I went back. <laughs> that one happened really quick. Like I got that like eighth try. I can't. Re- I can't remember what team it was. It might have been an Etnies trip, like a long time ago. I remember Ernie Torres was there. My help. Sick. Yeah, because he Ernie's like played goat, like some cool ass song after i can't remember now fuck i'm like drawing a blank but it was like you like you're the best of all yeah he played that song right after <laughs> i landed that and he's like danny this one's for you i was like dude oh, you're so, a fucking sweet audio audio trip or something might have been yeah oh, might have been an audio trip yeah yeah because yeah, we were with like ian o'connor and he was shooting for them and and uh and i just met up with them randomly and like literally only for that spot it was sick. I like. I only had like ten minutes of my life there. That was a rough time in my life. I was like living at the hospital. My girl's mom was dying. It was tough. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So like to get a trick in the ten minute span that I had, it was fucking rad. Uh, but the Nolly inward heel was like three times going back, fucking thirty minutes each time at least. I remember it being hard. It wasn't easy. It was tough. Yeah, I didn't fall. Dude, yeah, I was going to say, like, if you land, you'd full committed to that. I was watching that over and over today. I'm like, it, like, flipped pretty slowly, too. Like, you could have landed primo almost, but instead it was perfect. But I'm like, damn, bro. Yeah. Like, you could eat some serious shit on that thing. No, like, like, skating into the triangle for me has been one of those things where it's like, I literally just, I kick it out until it feels perfect perfect and yeah like i've i've never had the balls to just start stomping on it to where i'm like i'm gonna just do it and start committing to every trot like no like it's like i literally wait until the one that feels just right and like i switched fronts i flipped it like years later and that was exactly like the nolly inward heel like it was like three three times going 30 minutes each waiting just waiting 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 until it felt perfect that's a crazy one because on frontside flip or switch frontside flip you have to like aim it straight in but that one would like kind of take you to the side so it's like it's kind of crazy how the hell i haven't seen that right. clip i gotta find that yeah it's you gotta do it 
you have to frontside flip like in the same position or angle yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But those those curbs on the top, yeah. like my frontside flips that wouldn't flick would hit the curb going up. The shit was pissing me off like really hard. <laughs> at least like at least the nollie inward heel would go over that easy, yeah. right? Yeah. But like yeah, the switch frontside flip, I would like hit the curb on the pop, and it would fucking just never work. And like so, I I was like making myself flick really hard to get over the curb and like flick in. So it was it's good. It made me flick better. Not some like. <laughs> Carl Shipman, uh, Chad Muska flick, right? <laughs> or lack lack of flick. Yo, D Jones, this morning when I went to Lot 11, I was just solo for a bit until Jedi got there. And then I was like, yo, we got Danny on the pod tonight. Like, yo, I got to ollie into the replica triangle. And that shit was so scary. And it's the most perfect, <laughs> easy one at the park. And, but I, I had to, I just had to do it real quick. I mean, it wasn't like hard once I went for it, but. You did it? Yeah, I just ollied into it like twice. Just good man. Just in honor of you, in honor of having you on tonight. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I'm honored, dude. We've been to the real one multiple times, <laughs> and I don't think any of us have even bothered, not even looked oh, at it no. seriously to do a trick. We just, oh, there it is. All right, keep driving, please. Keep driving, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've gone to the top. I remember. When Alyssa did Ollie last trick, I was like, oh, that looks pretty mellow. Like, why was that the last <laughs> trick? Like, she did other gnarlier shit. And then when Wade just switched Ollie into it, I'm like, well, that's pretty soft for Wade. You know, like, yeah. take me there. Like, I'll fucking switch heel into it or something. <laughs> and then we got there, yeah. and I'm like, I would not even Ollie that unless there was like 200 bucks on the line. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That like, thing is scary, I- man. <laughs> Obviously, we, we could, but that's just scary as fuck man the curb yo yeah, was nolly heel gnarly like in my head nolly heels almost gnarlier to pop over the curb than nolly inward it is but it's like i have way more confidence on a nolly heel yeah, yeah true. and i was with like the etnies dudes and they were hyping it up and i had 10 minutes before i had to go back to a hospital yeah. isn't it crazy how a time woman can help sometimes too though it's just like a security mm-hmm. guard thing yeah yeah but it was like i was watching someone die that really helped me because I was like, I need to live and live for me, you know, like not just for someone else. It was one of these weird, one of those weird moments where I was like, I yeah. got to do this like this. This is going to make me feel good about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked. Made me feel good. Um, and then can you take us behind the scenes on your way ahead of its time? Massive Nolly backside flip over the set to rail in Miami. That was a weird day. Um I remember being there. We were with Danny Renaud. Uh, we were with a squad. Uh, Ian O'Connor, I think, was shooting. I can't remember filming. Oh, yeah, Joe Perrin was filming. Um, I can't remember who else wanted to skate it, but I remember Danny Renaud was trying to switch flip it. And he, like, landed one where he broke his t- or mannied out a little bit and then fell back. Like, he almost switch flipped it. And uh, I wasn't skating with them because... I can't remember the reason. Like, I was just kind of like, sometimes I feel like, you know, maybe they don't want me to skate with them. I'm, I give them their space type thing. Like, that happens kind of a lot in skating where you're like, uh, mm-hmm. you don't know. Like, it's like like I told you before, like, if the vibes aren't right, if, like, your people aren't like, let's all get some clips. Like, I don't know. It just kind of one of those things, you know? Like, I, would just, I was just watching, I remember. And then, like, Ian turned... And was like, does anybody else want to try something on this before we get out of here? 
And I was like, ah, you know, I might try something. He's like, like what? And I was like, I don't know, like a nolly backside flip. And they looked at me like, what? Damn. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, I might be able to nolly backside flip it. And they, like, they're like, what's wrong with this dude, bro? Like, this dude just tried switch flip forever. Like, why would you think that you could nolly backside flip it? And I just remember being like, yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. And then, like, I fucking stood up there and I, like, tried one. And the first one, my leg kicks the wall because it's actually really narrow where you pop. Yeah. Yeah. So I kick the handrail and, like, Fuck. fly over it, though, like, clear it, jump it, or whatever. And they're like, oh, shit, he's actually going for it, you know? And, I'm, and like, dude, I landed it in, like, eight tries. Damn. Like, eight's my magic number. Like, I landed it quick, and I just remember, like, rolling away and, like, everyone kind of being, like, shocked. Like, what the fuck? And I, <laughs> I just being, like, damn, like, it worked. I was psyched. That's I, I had to flick it late because of the wall. Like, I had to pop and then flick a little bit later. Yeah. That's a ballsy move to call the trick in front of everyone, too, yeah. before you get up there. Yeah. Oh, boss. Yeah, well, it was like a bunch of fucking heavy skaters, you know? And, like, they're like, so yeah. anybody else want to skate? I was like, I, I could maybe try it. Not like I could maybe <laughs> shut it down and still have the best yeah. trick on it, like, 15 years <laughs> later, however long it's yeah. been. I know. And now they cut the rails, and I'm super bummed about that. But whatever. I got at least a trick on it. Yeah. Okay, another one that was way ahead of its time. Can you tell us about... The uh, the legendary switch flip front nose on that hubba in San Jose, I think. Holy shit! Bringing back the fucking old goods. Well, I have no idea. That one was <laughs> honestly like full improv. Like I remember uh, being at that spot, right? I think what was we skated it with Caswell Berry. He front blunt slid it. Ooh. It was a super tall two stair hubba. It was like a two stair, but it was just tall yeah. as fuck. Mm-hmm. and long for a two-stair, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, when I first moved to San Jose, it was probably, like, only two years into skating in, a, in in Cali. I was still overwhelmed with, like, the level of skating, like, a couple times in my life where I had, like, fallen, hit my head, like, can't see anything, wake, open my eyes, and I see Mark Appleyard doing the trick I was trying, like, easy. <laughs> like, just being yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, like, just a few times in my life where I was like, damn, skating is crazy, and the level here is fucked, and I need to step my game up. And, like, uh, and the, like that hubba was one of those where I was like, dude, I don't, I can't reach this hubba with anything good. I remember thinking that. I think I kickflip backtailed it before that in some old Think video, yeah. and, like, being like, that's all I got, you know? What else am I going to do? And, like, I, I that day I was just, like, fucking winging it. Like, I remember trying a switch flip beside it. Like, what if I could switch flip front nose it? And, like, and my friends were like, you could definitely do that. And I was like, I, could, I don't think I can reach that high. But then, like, I started flicking it. And, like, because it's a front nose, you don't need to, like, flick mm-hmm. as high as you're leveled. So yeah. you can, like, kind of get it on there and squeeze it just like any nose slide. And fucking it worked, man. I remember rolling away being like, I can't believe I fucking just did that. I, that's like the most tech thing I might ever do, like down a hubba. <laughs> Even though yeah. it's a two-stair, but just a tall oh, hubba. That's sick, yeah. It looks sick. I actually made myself land it like a week ago and then yesterday. I've like, I brought it back after Hell yeah. 15 years. I did it a little, like a little run at UM. I posted it on my Instagram if anyone wants to see it. But... Yeah, it was uh, it was quite an achievement to roll away clean. I was like, wow, that was Dude, that's so did it fifteen years sick. ago. It took me this long to do it again. Oh, I'm that kind of skater. That, that's another problem with my skating. I don't 
perfect tricks. I just want to do it once and like try something new. I've always wanted to be diverse and like learn as much as I possibly can, which I think is kind of counterproductive. I wouldn't suggest it for anyone. Like now that I look back, I would want them to like perfect this trick so that the next yeah. step is super easy. Cause then you're like, oh, I, I can kick flip front nose every try. I kick flip front crook is basic, right? But I think it's better that way to have like an ever-evolving bag of tricks than to be known for five, six tricks that you do in every part. That's arguable, right? But yes, I I do too. That's that's why I was yeah. like that. And like I would prefer watching skaters that are extremely diverse in their video parts, like a Mark Susu. Every every trick's a new trick or something. And mm-hmm. but then I also really appreciate like an Andrew Reynolds where every yeah, trick is true. a trick that he does amazing and he does it bigger and cleaner and he just looks great on a skateboard. So I'm, now well, I'm he like, just showed us his manual skills in his newest part. So exactly, uh, even and the frontside flip like something really small for his career standards, but like you just want to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was just so hyped. I forget what it was, like a a 10 or something, whatever it was. I was just like... That New York 10? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, he he looks good doing it, and I just want to see that. Like, he's one of my favorite frontside flippers. It'd be like Tom Penny. Give me a Tom Penny frontside flip forever if you can do it like you did back in the day. Exactly. Can you give us a Diego Buccieri story? A little snippet inside (laughs) the life of the butcher, man? Shit. We used to be hard on each other. I shouldn't say the names, but me and Pancho Muller and Diego, since we were both Chilean and he was Argentinian, we were like, we were the worst with nicknames and we would just haggle each other. And so like Ears, Justin Williams was the venture team manager and his nickname is Ears because he has big ears. And so we would call Justin Dumbo the flying elephant. They would call me rat because I guess I looked like a rat. <laughs> And fucking Diego, it's good, dude. It's all good. It's fucked up. Like, I think about it now. I'm like, we were harsh. And, like, Diego was Alf because he had a big nose. The alien. Yeah. And Pancho Muller was deformed in Spanish. Amorfo. No, it was so bad. Like, shout out to all of us for not beating each other up after like calling each other like, very yeah not 2022 not cool no <laughs> not pc well not yeah. not even not pc but just not cool to fucking say some yeah. fucked up shit like that oh, to each other fuck. yeah yeah we would go what to like video man? premieres and we would literally scream as loud as we could be like dumbo we would like fuck with justin <laughs> but it became really gnarly like we were really fucking gnarly with each other but diego was the man i remember like seeing him back when Eddie wallenberg like like no no ramp diego did like a bunch of crazy sick tricks mm-hmm. like I, I just remember him as a, a super gnarly skater super serious he would push up hills to gain like push muscle i remember i remember i remember thinking like that was like man. yeah i remember thinking he was fucking nuts like i remember like staying with him for three months and i was like dude this man really is like training his push leg and, <laughs> and like like it at that point sense, i was it, yeah at that point i was a big stoner though i'll be like looking at him like this is fucking stupid what the fuck <laughs> like i'm like he's his right his left leg's gonna be huge and then his right leg's gonna look scrawny what a dumbass like i would i would just think you know what i mean like i would be yeah, like an asshole sure. about it but but hey yo motherfucker could push like a goddamn champion and i swear to you it was he was because he's pushing uphill 
to his house. He lived on the top of a hill. Yeah, we would go get Roxy's sandwich at the bottom of a hill. He would push back. He'd be at home, like, showered, eating, chilling. And I would get back, like, yo, took me 30 minutes to walk up this fucking hill, dude. You took two minutes to get there. Wow. Damn. We got to get the butcher on one of these days, man. We do, man. We got to get him in here. So what's next for Danny Fuenzalita, man? It's a great fucking question. Um, I just started playing ping pong. Yes, sir. <laughs> Big so that's my next. So, but I guess, you know, every other sport other than skating, once you're past 40, your career can't exist. Like, it doesn't, they will never put you on a team. You can't competitively play professionally. So I guess my ping pong career is not going to ever blow up. But... <laughs> I am going to have fun doing it. And it yeah, helps yeah. Alzheimer's and dementia. It's one of the sports that helps the most because it's really fast reflection, like re- reflexes and reaction time. Wow, and like yeah. an- an- analyzing like the other person's spin and where the yeah. ball is going to go and that type of shit. So like the physics, it goes back to that. I have a lot of fun with that. Very yeah. nice. Good to know. Me and Dono fucking enjoy some ping pong once in a while. I enjoy well, whooping your ass on the regular. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, I would, I would take that challenge up, Donovan. I'll, I'll fuck you up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm the one in Miami. I'm the we one in the other see. room. I'll fuck you up, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got my uh, ping pong paddles in the car, bro. If Nick had a table, I would say, let's go. <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> we got public tables in Brickle, dude. It's right there. Hey man, I ain't trying to get a mosquito bite. Now I'm now I'm yeah, ducking. See, it's a little quieter now. Quieter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quiet as a church drops now. Yeah, it's winter. Mosquitoes. There's no mosquitoes. He just came up with some fake excuses. Talking about mosquitoes, bro. I got bit <laughs> by some little black thing like thirty. Like it like bit me three times in like two seconds. It pissed me right off both my ankles too. Anyways, right, right now here at the house or at the lot? No, like just out like in the backyard here. Oh, when the yeah. sun went down. Anyways. Nick lives in a fucking really nice area with a bunch of trees and stagnant water. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's an honor to be brought to you by the one and only Spitfire Wheels. Keeping the underground lit. Nothing more needs to be said. All right, Danny, little rapid fire. You dig? You ready? I'm scared. Let's go. <laughs> All right, favorite skater. That's fucked. Uh, Tom Penny, Tom Penny, the '90s, Appleyard, fucking ish, the 2000s, uh, and so, like Silas Baxter, Neil, kind of move over to like Mark Susu and Gustav uh, Toninson. Oh, today. He's the best. But damn, yeah. you, ever, you ever heard of Rapid Deggy? Shit. Ain't <laughs> rapid there. Sorry. Favorite video? <laughs> Virtual reality, 90s. Like 2000 was like S, Minic Mati. 2010s could have been like, that's, yeah, that's like maybe Coliseum. Was that even then? And then, and then like, yeah, like. I don't know. Nowadays, it's really hard. There's so many good videos. That, like I could, the last one that came out would be like some toy machine video. Like that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite video part. 
Just one decade, whichever one comes just to one. mind first. <laughs> Donnie Barley, Eastern Exposure 3. Favorite style? Gustav Tonnenson. That's like, that's my new, I love that nice. tech flowy, like, I, I, like yeah. create creative all around. Yeah. I think that's what I would like to skate light if I could choose my style, but mm, you can't. Sick. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? The virtual reality, like Danny Way, Pat Duffy, and then like it turned into like the Eastern Exposure dudes. Like I was like super big fans of like Timo, fucking Donnie Barley, um, Quim Cardona. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Day one song, easy. Favorite trick? Switch flip. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. <laughs> Most illegal trick? Illusion flips of a hard flip. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe the switchback nosebone slide in Puerto Rico, the business as usual ender. Or like that nollie backside flip, I guess, that we talked about. Yeah. Bro, you don't even remember your part. That was your second last trick. Backside nose blunt into the courthouse on the other side of New York thing. You're right. Second last trick. Doing it big. That was a sick one-two punch ender. Worst trend you've ever been a part of? Camo pants. <laughs> What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Jesse Piaz, like 50-50 to 26 stare. It was like the biggest stare count back then. <laughs> like that was yeah. fucked. Poncho Muller. No slide of 14 stair hubba kink. He almost went <laughs> he nose grinded it. It's like head high for him. So I would I would always proportionally like think like what if that was me skating a head high hubba? <laughs> yeah. What's the one trick that got away? So switch flip back five oh down hubba hideout was Damn. the one that got away. Uh literally some guy in a suit rolled up looked at me and was like whoa that's really sick what are you doing and i was like oh there watch and i tried one more time and then he turned and pulled out his badge and was an undercover and was like hey you gotta pay this ticket and it was 174 bucks so i didn't no. want to risk it again it was one of the last few sessions of hubba hideout fuck that would have been insane dude that's one of my favorite tricks on a legendary spot too what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed your ping pong game would be the biggest <laughs> bunt so far <laughs> oh shit cuz that's right, fucked up right. <laughs> well watch him go play and he's gonna kick my ass no 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 <laughs> i'm i'm a basic player out my my spin i have no spin game or anything what's the last new trick you learned hard flip dream job after skating molecular physicist <laughs> damn that's a that's a first on the pod favorite local brand uh, I, I guess I would have to say Andrew Skate Shop. Hell yeah. Favorite local skater? Desmond White. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Uh, I guess you could say Genetic Shoes. Oh. <laughs> Yo, Morgan used to ride for that shit. Flow. Damn. <laughs> yeah, they. but on, I'll be honest with you. Think didn't want to pay for my work visa completely. So they put me on Airwalk and then Airwalk put me on Genetic. And they paid me as an amateur a lot of money. So I wasn't mad about it when it right. happened. Right, right, That's right, right. Gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Favorite teammate ever? Uh Jake Nunn once told me, You're not my friend, you're just my teammate. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, but he was just joking. But it was a good one. Um, my favorite teammate—that's that's super fucked up. I don't know. I've, like all of them became pretty good friends. I would say. Worst teammate ever. Um, Chris Cole was on Ezekiel for two days. <laughs> we put him in the van, and uh, he's a changed man now. He's a super nice dude now. But uh, but I remember he was not like he wasn't nice. I'm just he just got in the van and he like started talking about his uh his interview that he that he just recently shot. But he's got to go shoot more photos because he got all the photos in the same day with like a shirt the same shirt and he needed to reshoot everything and we just all were like yo this guy is like too full of himself and they like kicked him <laughs> off the team <laughs> what the ain't yeah. being an ezekiel shirt yeah exactly oh, it was shit. it was pretty funny dude's a great oh. nice person like nowadays i say what up to him super nice that's hilarious worst company <sighs> okay um i got one for you z roller <laughs> oh classic <laughs> drug front it was a drug front. Oh, really? Hollow, hollow rolling trucks filled with drugs, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Don't let the authorities hear that. Worst trend? Everyone trying to look like I shod Weir when they roll away from a trick looking into infinity into God. <laughs> Only he can pull that off. Worst style? Uh, uh, Daniel Haney, maybe? Oh, heinous! Oh. Yo, shit. he was sick though, one. but it was fucked yeah, up. He was like, fucking fire, man. Yeah, he was fire, but like Arcade. I just didn't like his style. Yeah, yeah, great skater big, though. Big board sides. Yeah. yeah, no, super hyped on the shit he would do. <laughs> Don't wheel it back now, man. I got to. <laughs> last but not least, last person you want on the sesh? Holy cow! I'm I'm not gonna say who I'm thinking of. Um, uh, now I guess Daniel Tatey, dude. I don't want him to. <laughs> yes, after he hears this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, be like, what you say about my style, dude? Fuck you, man. Fuck you up. Nah, all right. I I know who, but it's not one person. It's a group of people. It's people that don't or that talk shit to a security guard. To the point where they want to fight a security guard. I don't oh, want to have anything to do with people that like can want their fucking trick on a goddamn skateboard so much that they're willing to fucking beat people up and ruin a spot forever when you could have just walked away and came right back and tried it after the security guard fucking left. Even like that just shit. arguing with them. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Take that Even childish shit to the them, fucking man. house. Yeah, dude. That take shit. that shit elsewhere. Yeah, I'm way too old for that shit. Wait, Donovan, how old are you? What's thirty four, man? Ah, oh, you're chilling, bro. You got hell of years. I'm a, uh, yeah, but I'm old enough to know. Don't talk to the security guards, man. Tell them yeah. to have a nice day. That's about yeah. It. Be like, yeah. sorry, we're on our way out. Can I get one more? That's fine. If he says no, you leave. Like, yeah. honestly, but my big secret is just uh, either you act like you have no skill on a skateboard, and then they're gonna look at you and be like, this is a joke, and walk back in. Or yeah. you you literally leave before they talk to you, and then That's you come right too. back. Yeah, you come right back, and you say if they they finally talk to you, you say no. I just went to get a water. Like, what do you mean? I didn't see you coming, unless you make eye contact. But yeah. if you can if you can not make eye contact and bail, you could just come yeah. right back after he goes inside and be like, "Yo, man, what the fuck? I went to 
like take a piss and i needed this trick it's a very important lesson man <laughs> thank you you're welcome all right yo that's gonna wrap up our interview danny man thank you so much that was a blast dog yeah no thank you so much for having me guys this is awesome um i hope my biggest bunt in my life isn't being on the bunt <laughs> what's it's nah, not man Cause you did. Nah, nah i'm just kidding nah i'm hyped i'm hyped to be on here Hell yeah, sick. Man. thank you thank you i've been expecting it nick katz always tells me yo you gotta do something with the bunt i'm like all right fuck i'm down and here it is we here in the flesh well yeah my canadian brethren i'm a percentage man, I'm so canadian hyped. we on the we on the podcast with danny fuenzalita man yeah. i can't believe it <laughs> yeah i can't believe i'm on the bunt with the guys from the bunt uh, i'm Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickies. You've got mail. So, if you've listened to our last post office episode, you'll know this name. Melvis, a.k.a. Melvin, a.k.a. whatever you want to call yourself. You're a goddamn legend. You hit us up and you hit us up hard. And uh, you came at a dear friend of the show, Ludovic Lalinga. Uh, if you haven't heard the voice note, let's take a quick listen. Hey guys, this is fucking Melvis again. First of all, before my question, I have something to say. Fuck you, Ludovic Lalinga. Alright, here we go, my question. Let me first of all build the scene. So... You're in the finals of a fucking super crown at the Street League. Nigel Houston just tried to switch straight the biggest set in the fucking park. Switch. He fucking slipped out on his landing and now his fucking legs in two pieces. The crowd's hyped because they're not trying to see that fucking cock smoke win again. While he was on the ground, you fucking switch back, left the biggest rail in the goddamn park. And now you're in first place. You got one trick left as a victory lap. What do you got for Nigel Houston as a fuck you? And to get the crowd hyped, I want to hear it. And with all that being said, we got Lude in the building, man. So it's rebuttal season, baby. Lude, what do you got to say to this man? And Melvin, Melvin, who the fuck you are, dog? <laughs> first things first. It's Zhu, not Ludovic Lalinga. You go, dress me as Zhu, period, all right? Let's get it straight, buddy. Second thing I need to get off my chest. <laughs> it's about my squad, all right? I live in Toronto, and I was hoping for a first round buy-in, not buy-in, but play-in match between the Raptors and the Charlotte Hornets. If the Hornets come in Toronto... Beware, Raps fans. Beware, Dino fans. Melo's going to take over the city and bring us <laughs> to the chip, baby. Right to the chip. Uh, Hold on. I got to interject here. Uh, <laughs> dude, we're talking sports later. We're in the post office right now. This was just a quick <laughs> moment for you to call out Melvis. Uh, I bet Melvis haul at me stuff. 
Zhu, man, we're going to pick back up in the rundown, baby. All right, Ghost, what email we got up first, man? All right, thanks, Zhu. Uh, first up, <laughs> we got an email from Justin LaRosa. What's up, Bunt Gang? Been listening for two years, and I'm all caught up. Love the show. I have two questions. First one, are you guys down to link up if you're in NY? <laughs> yeah, hell course, yeah, bro. Dog. Stella Artois on me. Uh, well, just one each. <laughs> I ain't got it like that. Second question, why is it that my Puerto Rican brethren's death has gone unnoticed in the industry? I'm talking about the legend Robert Lopez Mont, a.k.a. El Destroyer. Name given by Chico Brenes. Check out his stuff. It's all straight bangers from beginning to end. Before we had Manny representing the island, we had El Destroyer. Put some respect on his name. Seifa, I saw you were on the island. How was it? Thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, you make work go by faster. One love, Bunt Brothers. That's a heavy email. First of all, when we're in NY, you know we're, uh, we ain't too good to hit you up for that one Stella Artois. Uh, we ain't got it like that either, brother. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll drink that all day, broski. <laughs> and then we got you next round. You feel me? Uh, second question. It's absolutely terrible to hear about the legend Robert Lopez Mott. I was... I had no idea of his passing either. It's uh, terrible news to hear, man. Oh, shit, yeah. No, I was familiar. I guess uh, it never came up on the pod. Definitely bummed uh, when I saw that he was a straight like animal on the board absolute legend always enjoyed watching his shit um i think he was on zoo york for a bit there if i remember correctly but yeah he was just a straight beast heavy back nose blunts and shit rail chomper uh mad love and respect and rest in peace uh how was your time on the island real quick oh um and my time on the island was fucking amazing uh, I'm bummed it took me this long to get there. I've heard nothing but good things for years, and I'm happy I finally made it happen. And I've been telling everyone, everyone that will listen, that they need to check it out. It's literally the perfect place to go. You know, if it's a wifey trip, you know, Aiden was there with Justine and and their little baby Desi. You know, it's it's a great place for the fam. Uh, if you want to do a skate trip, whatever, it's it's awesome. It's a pretty small island. I think you can drive it end to end in like a matter of hours. There's a rainforest literally 45 minutes away from like San Juan. Um, it's just great times all around, man. Fuck yeah, Puerto Rico. Hell yeah, I got to get down there, man. All right, next up, oh, shit. we've got a voice note from Brett Nakamoto. Let's take a listen. All right, third take. This is the one. What's up, Bunt guys? This is your homie, Binaki here. I'll skip the preamble to keep safe as happy. So, yeah, obviously you guys are fans of Jalen and Jacoby. It's clear you've mentioned it so many times over the years, as am I, of course. And uh, with them, it's pretty common practice that if you call in and leave voicemails, you gotta shout out Reg the Ledge. Mandatory. So, safest, I know you hate show suggestions, buddy, but... I suggest that bunt callers moving forward gotta shout out Ants One, the God. Can I get some gunshots? Tell them already, we have to tell them again. So, shout out Ants One, hype for the new season. Take it easy, boys. Yo, I absolutely love that idea. Homie, I don't know if you have you ever called into Jalen and Jacoby? I did once. I didn't get on the show, uh, and I 
haven't got like i haven't had a question where i felt like i should even try again yet but like that's that's definitely a dream moment for me mm-hmm. if i could get on the pod but these days i swear they only they drop like maybe one a show so it's probably fucking hard but i i love that if you if you drop in a voice note shout out ants one all day <clears throat> Brett Nakamoto, man, you just became Ants One's biggest fan, dog, and uh, I'm backing it. Ants One, the god, man, the genius back here. But yo, Brett, man, how long you been listening to the pod? You still don't know how to say my name? For fuck's sakes, man. There's the S is silent. God damn it. And I'm only I I usually don't care, but I'm only saying that because you sound like you're an avid listener. So I'm like, how are you still confused on that one? Um, anyways, thank you, Brett. Legend. All right, next up, we got an email from Kenny Reese. Hey, what's good, Bunk Crew? Last week's post office was a barn burner with Cousin Lucretius, or however you spell that shit. <laughs> I ended up revisiting Richard Angelita's first love part and found something a little more questionable than a half cab out Manny. About halfway through, he does an inward heel, then does a body burial hippie jump to get set up for a switchback one. My question is if you don't have time to do a trick to set up switch, how would you like to see it? Much love from your neighbors in Michigan. Shouts out to Quantum and not the bearing company either. <laughs> Those dudes are whack. <laughs> um, Yo, the way you turn around is you fucking make sure the trick- Yeah, you're doing the wrong the trick. Yeah, like let's say you wanna do um a switch flip banny in a line right but your first trick is a nollie heel so you need to turn around real quick first trick then just scrap the nollie (laughs) heel yeah just do a do a fakey flip first do anything where you're landing switch yes uh i've been watching a lot of old videos (laughs) recently and it's crazy and hilarious seeing like just the the random awkward turnarounds out of nowhere i feel like those have been cut Mm -hmm. down a lot uh, recently, but I mean back then, whatever it was, it was just different. But like, if you're doing that shit nowadays, like come on. So man. the answer to Kenny's question oh. is the line is wrong. There's no yeah. way to set it up. You do a different trick. Richard should have done a back heel, or he should have done a completely different line. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all day. But uh, again, just our opinions, of course. Yes, but, very uh, humble opinions. Real shit. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Ethan Perry. Oi, oi. What's up, Bunk Gang? Little question. I always ask of the boys is, if you were the head of Transworld putting together the lineup for their next video, what five skaters would you choose? For me, it's got to be Nick Michelle, Shin Sam Bongi, Hator De Smoothness, De Silva, Cyrus Bennett, and Tom Quick Feet of Pain Knox. Bonus points for a filmer to film it at the project. Johnny Wilson for my video. Keen to hear your dream lineup. Keep up the good work with the pod and major shout out to the damn so gracious crew in Portsmouth, England, especially all the unicorn slicers. P.S. When are you going to get Danny Brady on the pod? My man's rocking vans these days, so I already know you got the plug. Yo, tell Danny to pull up, man. We've done hit him up a few times. Yeah, it's, it's Hopefully his Hopefully he succumbs to the pressure. Yeah. Yo, honestly, Danny, yo, uh, tell Vance to send us out there. That could work too, man. Like, if you want to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Vance, your budget looking tasty. Oh, or, 
we're uh, you know open for hire. Any, any trip deep, to Europe, man. any excuse. Town moves, dog. You know what I'm saying. All right, put together a lineup for the next Transrail video, man. First man's Yalda Hallberg, man. That's a nice first part. Who? Yalda. Oh, okay. Yalda. Yeah. Our boy. Just, you ain't pronouncing it proper in Euro, you know what I'm saying? I'm just... Yeah, put a little um, something on that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, I'll back that up with my man, um, Vincent Tuzeri. Whoa, what? Uh, next, we're going to go with a little Nick Stain, baby. Oh, shit. We going pure trendy, man? Do they bear these? Um... All right, let me come in with, you know, you got to have that one kind of more hesh, like, hammer, dude. So, damn, I can't even think of one. <laughs> Just to mix it up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You know how they'd always, there'd always be at least, like, one Leo Romero yeah. type in there? Uh, fuck, who's a good one these days? Uh, maybe that kid that put that America part of pain out, man. I want to see more from yeah. him. He's an insane... But yo, I fucking I can't remember if I said this on the pod or not. I rewatched this part, and I'm sorry I'm not remembering your name, but you know who I'm talking Braden about. Braden Howden, wasn't it? Yeah. Dude, if we fuck yeah, up yeah, names this right. week, we're gonna get roasted. <laughs> yeah. So that guy, America, pure bangers, kickback, nose blunt, the hubba ender. Yo, that dude had zero switch or nollie in his part oh really he might have had like a switch flip on flat it was actually crazy and he had like two or three fakey tricks one like on flat ground and like i think one frontside half cap flip down a set so i want a part from him but i need some diversity in the stances man what the fuck mm. and then uh you know we wrapping this shit up with tyshawn baby it's where the skate world's due for another tyshawn part man if you want to add a, oh, a six shit. skater okay. in there, you can do that too, man. I think you should go with uh, former Sodi, great friend of the show. Deserves the shine. One of the only mans in the skate. What, Mason? One of the only mans in the skate world that can go after Tyshawn. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, so we're saying for the last part. Yeah. Yeah, Mason Silva all day, baby. Yeah. You got a film? Yeah, Ben Shadorn, man. Paris homie. I saw him in a bunt hat the other day, so... <laughs> What? It's a different, it's a different movement there, Davey. Yo, what? Yo, Ben, yo, let's interview, man. So you get it's time, baby. Enough respect. All right, next up, we got an email from Julian D. Yo, Bump Boys, best pod in the game. Skateboard questions are cool, but I love the weird questions more. So here's my question. Have you ever had a situation where you had to take a dookie, <laughs> but you were nowhere near a bathroom? What? <laughs> What did you do to make sure you didn't shit your pants, or did you just end up shitting your pants and going home? <laughs> Much love. Can't wait to listen to the rest of this barn burning season. Okay, let me answer first quick. We'll get Lude on this one, too. I want to answer first before Colette comes home and hears this story. Um, Dono, I think you were actually there, maybe. Is it uh, cool? Maybe not. Uh, no, 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 no. That was, like, controllable. So, no, this was... <laughs> Montreal, that was on purpose. Uh, Montreal, way back in the day, probably like grade nine or something, grade eight, did a skate trip. Me, Ben, Morgan. Oh, is it the Sini uh, trip? Bass, Tom, I yeah, Sini, uh, Jake's, Noah T. Yeah. Okay, so epic trip. 
like fun times but we're downtown skating and one day i just have to shit so bad i don't know why i didn't just go to like a restaurant or something and i'm like yo i'm out like i'm just i'm skating back to the crib like it's going down right now and one person came with me i can't remember who it was ben maybe so we get to the house and realize we're locked out and we're like trying to open windows trying to do all types of things and it's just like yo i'm about to literally shit my pants right now <laughs> and it's like all right it, like it's you know it's do or die am i gonna shit on the front porch i just scanned the neighborhood real quick look across <laughs> the street and saw like a shed type of thing like you know those things in schoolyards the big ones where there'd be the like, random classes yeah portable things? yeah you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah portable yeah. there's a portable across the street and i just booked it ran between the portable and like a random wall yeah. and like i didn't even have time to think of how i was gonna wipe but i just released that brown it was so yeah, what was that relief feeling then, like though man oh the, the relief was amazing until you finish and you're like wait what am i gonna wipe with and your boy had to hit up some leaves <laughs> yo yeah safe is awesome luckily it in a fridge shit oh yeah luckily luckily there was some uh some plants with some big enough leaves oh, shit. in the vicinity and <laughs> oh oh my god good times yo julian man i feel like you can't come into the post office with this question without no man has this question unless he's experienced this i know julian has some sort of a story yeah we need to hit us back yeah, in, yeah. in the post office with yo, your story, for some fool. reason the first thing that popped into my head was uh when pat sharded at his place oh my <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can expose pat like that but <laughs> save that for another time maybe we'll save that for another time i think lude's got one yeah. let's take a listen <laughs> I'm not very proud of this at all. I just want to start by uh, by stating that, okay? So, so I've got a couple, but I'll start with this one. So we're about 19 years old, you know, having a good time out and about. About to go to a university party, UFT, I believe. And all the fellas get together in front of a certain individual from our high school by the name of, can I say her name? Her name is Jacqueline McClellan. <laughs> Yo, Jackie, what do you do? Stay. Anyway, I got to drop a massive, and I mean massive, brown. And I don't want to be like, I got to step into the party and just go right to the washroom and stink it up, right? <laughs> so what I do is I just kind of take a quick squat, pop a squat on this, what looked to be a, um, I want to say it was a, a flower kind of... <laughs> <laughs> like a, a little mini garden in front of her crib just popped a squat and oh. dropped a deuce <laughs> yeah so that's and then then i go to the washroom wipe and i'm good to go oh. but i've got a very bad one um this happened when i was about my mid-20s still living with the roommate at the time and the washroom was being used got up the first thing i gotta do i don't know if anyone can relate to this but first thing when you get up is drop a deuce clear your colon you're good to go the washroom was used up i was it was freezing out i couldn't go anywhere so i first thing that came to mind was <laughs> grab a plastic bag <laughs> and drop a deuce in it oh shit hey, wait, hold on i have one follow-up question did you ever tell jackie and did she ever find out and roast you like you shit in no, her that's garden dog shit, bare man. disrespect like no but i dude's brain is always a mystery to me like 
there's nothing wrong with going into a party yeah. and going to the bathroom. Yeah. Like this guy would rather shit in her garden. Like if someone saw yeah. you, it's a thousand times the worse. The best part is he walked in no wipe to the party. <laughs> like he probably had to say hi to a couple people before he got to the washroom too. Oh shit, buds. Those drawers, man. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But to answer oh. Safe's question, no, I never did tell Jackie. <laughs> and uh, I guess you know now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Jackie doesn't listen to the fun, but shit, next time we have when we have our twenty year high school reunion, that story's coming yeah. out for sure. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh man. my god. I don't have anything like that, man. Hey. But I, I uh there was one night we were skating bada. And if you've ever skated bad, oh, you know shit. that you're in no man's land. There's nowhere to go. So just leaned up against a fence, sacrificed one sock, went home with one oh! sock. <laughs> That's the safest yeah. route, dog. Just use a sock. Like, I don't know why Yo, you guys wouldn't use just one sock. Like, you can, you can survive yeah. better than having some fucking grass oh. in your asshole. Uh, You'd sacrifice many socks fucking yeah. for other yeah. shit, though. <laughs> No, this guy sacrificed one of mine at a house party at my old place. <laughs> so disrespect. Yeah. Told me about it years <laughs> later. I was like, he sacrificed this many guy socks went to the went to my room, things. said he needed to take a nap, and <laughs> oh just sacrificed one of my socks. Dude, this, we gotta move like, on from this question. Is that? We're yeah. losing sponsors right. by All the right. minute. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Julian, you <laughs> fucked us up, G. Oh, fuck. Oh, we're done, man. They just canceled the show, Doug. Oh, okay. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. That was that was, that was great. We have an uh, email from Mike T. What's up, Bump Boys? Do you guys think a large-scale skate contest will come to Toronto, either homegrown or an SLS-type contest? Cheers, Mike. Yo, ghost peeps are fishing you know for info. I think I think both are coming. Like SLS has got to make a stop here at some point. And if we talk in homegrown, just keep your eyes and ears peeled, man. Uh, it's just going down this summer. You smell me? <laughs> Trust. How do you me. peel your ears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep your ears. Open, uh, I guess. Wide open. <laughs> yeah, damn. There's no spicier way to say that. Yeah. Keep your ears fucking. Shit's going in this summer, me. man. It's, it's going to be the beginning of something. Let me tell you, dog. So uh, yeah, keep that calendar yeah, open yeah. this summer. Real shit. All right. Last email for the week. And again, we apologize. The post office is blowing up. We will get to your emails, all of them eventually. But I even saw we have a, a new voice note from uh, the legend. What was the guy's Gracious. name? Uh, we have a new Lucretius voice note probably next week, so looking forward to that. Uh, all right, Tyler Man Warren. Yo, what's good, Safe and Donald? Gonna keep this short and sweet, but being that you're both fans of arguably the greatest TV show ever, The Sopranos, who is your favorite character from the show and why? Just wanted to also say thanks for all that you guys do over there. Big shout out to Ridge Boys still. Much love, Tyler. Hey, thanks, yeah, Tyler. That's a nice email. I'm going to have like a main character and then a supporting character. I'll start with the supporting character is, uh, fuck, I forget his name, but the guy who runs the Bada Bing 
and takes the abuse from just about everyone. That poor bastard, man. Like, oh my he's god, he's an absolute <laughs> fucking legend. Uh, Tony just fucking treats him like pure shit he kills me and then for me it's gotta be christopher maltasanzi man that guy what i love him man he's so he has he's the one, absolute worst no, he has one of the funniest scenes when um he kills the little dog when he's shooting up and he sits on the <laughs> yeah. dog and then she's freaking yeah. out and he's like oh the dog it must have crawled back there and died man like that shit had me actually <laughs> yeah. crying and then his his intervention was absolutely like one of the best episodes of TV of all time, man. Yeah, no, you're right. He has some really funny moments, but like I just in TV shows, characters like him where you're constantly on edge watching any scene they're in. You know what I mean? That's like, what I loved about him. Because we all have people like that in real life. You know, <laughs> where you, yeah. Everyone's got that friend or sibling where like you're you know at a family dinner or some shit and you're just like is this person just gonna just blow up right now and just make it so shitty for everyone he's that dude yeah i love so, him for that yeah great character obviously though exactly but, um okay supporting this is gonna be no surprise y'all know where i'm uh, going yeah. richie apriu yeah, that's a classic my main man uh but also I, I guess you could consider her supporting as well, like Tony's sister. Oh, Janice. She's Janice is just Yo, I, she just cracks me the fuck dude. up, man. She's <laughs> so horrible, like the worst person of all time, but also just hilarious. Like I, I, I thought her. you were gonna pick the the scene, uh, like a more Ooh. mainstream guy, like one of the main gangsters, and I was gonna say we have to mention Janice, but I love that you just throw her in there as a main. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my favorite scene of hers, uh, probably by far, <laughs> other than like when she just her and Tony beef, it always cracks me up. But uh, when she, I forget his name, uh, her second boyfriend, the yeah, the orange hair, toupee, orange hair psychopath, <laughs> who she like bangs in the ass. Uh, but but when she when she's realizing that she's in too deep and he's an act, absolute psycho and she needs to break up with him. And she finds the worst excuse. She's like, I told you to take your shoes off in my house. And he's like, huh? What? Like, I told you to take your shoes off in my house and pushes him down the stairs. And he like breaks his back and he's like, oh, I'll kill you. Bitch. Bro, isn't it uh, sad how she just yeah. fucking pulls up with the next family too? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she's fucking all in Man. with, uh, yeah. Those poor kids. Mad yeah. thing. But oh. she's a certified legend yeah. in the game. And then, but main, main, uh, I, I'm a sucker for Sill, man. He's just a oh, straight, yeah. you know, calm, cool, collected. I love me some He's Sill. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Great question. What a post office, man. Jesus Christ. Start to finish, that was fire. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for writing in this week. You know where to hit us, thebuttonlive at gmail.com voice notes emails we want it all man we get into the bottom of this hell yeah this is the rundown the skateboard world source for sports brought to you by the one and only steam whistle canada's premium pilsner the only buzz man we are lucky enough to have the legend Money Zhu still in the building 
And if you heard him in the post office, shit, he was ready to go on a little Charlotte Hornets rant. We had to put him on pause, but but now's your time, big fella. Let's hear it. Hornets and the Raptors, man. If they meet up, you light, think we're in trouble? Light, light work. All right. So let me just start off by saying I am a Toronto guy. I used to love the Raptors. But then I discovered there's a lot more to the NBA than your local team. There was a young player. There's a 20-year-old phenom by the name of LaMelo Ball. I'm sure you guys have heard about him. This guy's 6'8". He's got a handle. Great vision. He's basically the 2022 version of Magic Johnson. For starters. Who in Raptors is going to guard that, Donald? Can you answer that question for me? Uh, a couple guys are going to give him a shot. Scotty Barnes can probably Miles hang with Bridges. him. Oof. Have you seen the size of Scotty Barnes, dog? That guy is barely human. Wait, I did not know this is where this segment was going. It's He's a shit built. on the Raptors segment. <laughs> this guy's going body for body on the yeah. Raptors. <laughs> I, body for body. No, I mean, we got lots of good defenders. Like, that's not our issue. Defense is not... I don't think that would be our issue going up against the Hornets, okay. man. What about Miles Bridges? Do you have a body for that guy? Oh, gee. Did you ask me who's going to guard gonna Bridges, Bridges now? Yeah, the, the, one of the best dunkers, in-game dunkers in the league right now. This is basically me saying, guys, that if you want entertainment, if you want to have fun watching basketball, if you want to get see the Raptors get absolutely smoked in the play-in, tune into the Hornets. <laughs> best show in the NBA, bar none. Wow. Well, the, I think the good thing about this is that we're not going to be in the play-in, and uh, it looks like your Charlotte Hornets might be and uh there's a couple good teams down there in the play-in so if you guys are able to make it out of the play-in you're gonna be looking at one of the top dogs in the east and uh i don't know what those guys are gonna do against the guys out there in philly over there in milwaukee uh they gonna have their hands full and i'm just gonna go with the my thought process when i originally heard this is we're not gonna play you guys so I don't know. It's an odd statement. Uh, I'm a fan of LaMelo. <laughs> Miles Bridges was on my team. I know what he could do. Uh, it just seems highly unlikely that we're going we're gonna to see this scenario play out. But I think we're all fans here. I think every NBA fan going into this season had the Hornets as their league pass team. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, yeah, I'm going to want to watch a lot of the Hornets. And I think everyone did. Uh, yeah, man, they're deep. They got a good team. It'll be interesting to see what they can do though. A lot of inexperience there, man. Though. The other thing is they just who's played who's played a playoff game there, Rozier and Hayward. Hey, Thomas, baby, fifty ball, baby. Oh, yeah. Wow, this guy's gonna yeah. drop <laughs> it. Gordon Hayward, baby. I mean, we Mr. Yeah, we, Ten Day. All these our days. boys got rings. All our boys got rings except Montrell, for Scotty. Harold, baby. Uh, <laughs> talk to me, Dono. Oh. Yo, yeah, you want to talk about uh, a, a man in the weight room though, Scotty Barnes, man. Give him a year or two, he's gonna fill out. He's gonna be bigger than Miles Bridges, dog. Real shit. Uh, yeah. So the Hornets, we've talked about them a bunch this year. We both love them, um, but man, they just started losing a lot of head scratching games like halfway through the year. They came out blazing, and then all of a sudden they're like in the play-in, and like who knows if they can hold on i mean now obviously i think they're gonna hold on to a playing spot but they're gonna have to beat i mean they did just beat brooklyn but they're probably gonna have to beat brooklyn at some point if they want to make the playoffs so i don't know dog yeah it seemed like they they righted the ship a little bit they were they were slipping right 
Yeah. Uh, okay, here, just for reference, you, Miles Bridges, 6'6, 225. Scotty Barnes, man, 20 years old, 6'9, 227, B. I, so, I can't uh, deny that. You guys have a absolute. Let's, uh, let's go. It's, we got a big young fella there, man. He's the truth. I'll and, give you uh, that. I'll give you that. I think Scotty can dunk too. If I watched a couple games, seen him dunk a couple. Yo, Donald, did you pick up on that? Donald said you guys as if, like, He's completely not a Raptors fan anymore. That's crazy. Like all my years loving the Lakers and shit and loving the Warriors, I still always you gotta have a, leave some space in your heart for the Raps, man. You I can't believe you just distanced yeah. yourself like that. There's no choice, man. I'm a firm believer. The only league we get to choose a team is the NFL. Uh and the others are spoken for. So I'll never waver from that. My issue with the Raptors is the lack of star power. We had Vince back in the late 90s and 2000s. We had T-Mac for a bit. Scotty's going to be a star. And obviously, we have the greatest Raptor of all time, in my opinion, Kawhi Leonard. Who are the stars now? I mean, The, the greatest Raptor of all time. It's not Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very oh sorry. Oh, my God, me. dog. It is this is going to be two. last time here, I think. It is number two, Kawhi Leonard. Brought a chip to the city and went home. Simple as that. Yeah, he we we know the story. He did his thing. Uh lack of star power though, man. I mean Yeah, you're not lying, we don't have one of those upper echelon guys, but we got five guys who can bang and they play a good team game. I and I think that uh the Charlotte Hornets would have their hands full. Just the start They'd of have to come to T dot too. I agree. This is just the start of a dynasty. I guarantee you Michael Jordan's going to surround LaMelo Ball with terrific talent. He's the kind of guy you want to play with. He's going to win at least one MVP in his career, and I tell you now, he's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm just a big fan. I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, you on his nuts real heavy right now. <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan doesn't have the greatest track record of surrounding anybody with the, the greatest talent, so... If that's what you're writing home about with LaMelo, then uh, all right. Not focused on the past, man. I'm just a visionary. I see a couple chips. I see maybe one or two MVPs. It's going to be a good time in Charlotte. Yo, what do you mean? He surrounded Steven Jackson with Bismack Biombo and Gerald Wallace still. <laughs> oh, my God. So we played three times this year. Once in Toronto, twice in Charlotte, and... We've won two, and you guys have won one, so there we go, man. It'll be light work. We're doing all right so far. It'll be light work. See, there's guys that shy away from the spotlight, and there's guys like LaMelo Ball who embrace it. Not sure if you saw what he did at the Madison Square Garden the other day, but he lives for this. Yeah, that's person. undeniable. So, I mean, I'm telling you. That's undeniable. Don't, don't sleep on the Hornets, buddy. Don't sleep on them. I love, I love what the Raps are doing. I think Masai is one of the best executives in the game, bar none. But don't sleep on the squad. There you have it, man. I think we'll have to wait for another year to see them play in the playoffs, unfortunately. <laughs> so last week we had a heated debate about the league MVP. Clearly we have another big-time NBA fan in the building. He's saying LaMelo's going to be due for a couple. We're saying uh, this is a league run by star power. Guys like Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. Uh, I believe they can also win MVPs in their career. But... Uh, for the time being, it looks like it's a it's a three man race. Am I right? I'd say so. I'd say so. I think the Joker has it, in my humble opinion. Um, he's played. He's absolutely carried a team of 
let's just be real, they're not the most talented team without Michael Porter Jr. and without Jamal Murray. He's an unreal player. The entire offense runs through him. So I've got him as my MVP. Absolutely. I think that that is the defining factor in the Joker versus Embiid argument. Joker has Will Barton and um, Embiid, you know, surrounded. He had a deep team before the trade for Harden, and now he has Harden. So he's always had talent around him. Joker's been, been doing it by himself with... Um, what's that? Oh, Rivers. Like, it's just. Yeah, uh, don't sleep on Monte Morris. Down at eh? Trinity Bellwoods. <laughs> yeah, you can find a team like that down at the fucking rec center, man. Oh, shit. You fucking put Adam Sandler out there with the, the Joker. Yo, don't sleep on Jamichael Green still. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're players, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and then Giannis. Like, Giannis has his man, too. Like, Giannis, one of the, one of the deepest teams in the league. But speaking of Giannis, man, and we'll get back to the MVP say We'll hear your piece, see if anything's changed. Kendrick Perkins, one of my favorite analysts of all time. Him and Booger McFarland, you know, <laughs> yeah. they always battle it out for a big spot in my heart. Yeah. But for a long time, Kendrick was, was preaching that Chris Middleton was Batman and Giannis was Robin. Oh, shit. I'm sure if you've ever listened to Kendrick, you've heard it. And... Uh, Kendrick for a long time this year, John Morant was his man. John Morant was the MVP. John Morant can do this and that. And then his tone is changing a little bit. And most recently, he's come out and said that now Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Bar none. <laughs> best player in the NBA. So, Kendrick, I'm just saying, man, I know you ain't listening, but stick to your guns, dog. You can't, you can't hop ship that easy, man. Bro, Kendrick... I also love Kendrick Perk, you know, Big Perk, Uncle Perk, but he flip flops like a fucking salmon on on land, man. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> Jalen Rose. Do you not remember that drama where like Jalen Rose is his big bro in the media game, and he called them the fuck out for flip flopping so much, and Perk got so emo, and it, it was like a whole thing, and Jalen had to like talk to him and like apologize and all this shit. Uh, I forget what the big one was that he kept going back and forth on last year, but I mean that's nothing new with Kendrick. He's just he's pure entertainment, man. That my new my new favorite guy in the media game is JJ Redick, because he just comes on. Because oh, yeah. Kendrick, like as much as he makes great points, but sometimes he fumbles with his words, and then Stephen A will just like cut him <laughs> that's off. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen A will just get tired of waiting for his point and just like cut him off. But JJ Redick comes in like an assassin and just shut Stephen A up with bare facts and I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but glory over there. So say, has your point changed for MVP, man, or are you, you sticking to your guns, man? I'm still on the Jokic, Jokic train, but we've got, what, six games or so left, and Giannis just really... I'm, not, I'm trying to not be a prisoner of the moment, but what he did to Brooklyn last night was incredible man step back three to tie it down three to force ot and then kd fucking put up a ugly ass shot to win it and then in ot hit his free throws to win the game like that, that was and middleton fouled out or sorry he got ejected fucking trying to kill uh that homie what's his name bruce brown <laughs> bruce brown yeah, yeah. um yeah, dude. I, you know, a lot of people said like he shouldn't have been ejected, but that is one of the most dangerous no, that's plays dangerous. in basketball. 
I saw John Morant tweeted like, why do you get ejected? But I, I was on board with that. Like, I don't, Middleton's not a dirty player uh, overall, but that was just one of those ones where it's like, sorry, man, just give up those two points. It's over. Yeah, just take it. I mean, that was almost as dangerous as uh, as Rivers' elbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the ghost elbow that got him ejected. Yeah. yeah. That's that's for years of him being a fucking crybaby to the refs. They they ain't got time for his bullshit. He's one of the biggest whiners in the league and that's probably from playing with the Clippers in the in the Doc Rivers Blake Griffin era, Chris Paul, like everyone yeah. hated that team. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck, man. I think I was holding out hope that Embiid would be able to hang on because it seemed like uh it was leaning his way. Jokic got the MVP last year, and and nothing's better in the NBA than a new MVP. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen for Embiid this year, man. Just the the arrival of James Harden mixed with Jokic just doing his thing the whole damn season, and now it looks like Giannis might surpass him. So I'm holding out hope that Embiid can can hang on, and we'll see a new MVP, but. I ain't betting my money on it. I've got one name for you guys. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Devin Booker, best player on the best team. This a this was our our talking point um, last week for sure was Devin Booker and then to a smaller extent Jason Tatum. I'm not sure what it is. He's just not getting the the same love that Jokic and Bede and and Giannis are getting. Best player on the best team, but Chris Paul was there for a long time of the season doing his thing. Devin Booker exploded after the all-star break but i just think it's been too much for too long with uh Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. yeah i think those three guys just have more on their plate and like sometimes people get all mad like you gotta have this guy in the conversation and it's like okay they're in the conversation but that doesn't mean it's still they're still the top three and that's not changing uh, like Devin Booker, yeah. when Chris Paul went out, of course, you got to elevate him. But what we were saying last week was like, when Chris Paul was healthy, people were saying he's the MVP. You know, he was maybe the fifth MVP guy. So it's like, how do you then take Devin Booker, who maybe would have been 10th in MVP because he's having like a, a hot end to the year? You can't bump him over. Embiid, like, keeping that team afloat with all the drama and Tobias not playing like the star that he's paid to be. Uh, Jokic, we went over that only star with no teammates scoring 15 points per game is insane. And then, of course, Giannis, like somehow improving every year, coming off back-to-back MVPs. So we definitely put the respect on Booker, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had one in his career, but not this year. Very valid points, guys. Very valid points. The ghost. You wanted to wrap this up with the little Dallas Maverick, Memphis Grizzly appreciation, man. Yeah, we just, you know, we gotta pay homage to the uh, to the teams that don't get. Is <laughs> I, I never know how to say that word. Um, <laughs> homage, but um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly quickly give some love to to Dallas. I don't think we've talked about them much this year. Ever since the Porzingis trade. Um, which seemed questionable at the time, especially getting back like Dimwitty, who wasn't doing much, wasn't getting along with his teammates in Washington. He's been amazing, hitting game winners, um, really 
I didn't know how it was going to work with the three point guards, basically, Dinwiddie, Luka, and Brunson, who's having a career year, who they probably won't be able to afford to keep next year. Um, and then Bertans, yo, that's the biggest, one of the biggest flops of all time. Like, remember, we all remember him from fantasy two years ago, or maybe it was oh, yeah. three now. Oh. And he was just... Uh, the Latvian laser man he was like maybe like 15 a game <laughs> like four or five threes a game just incredible good percentages and it's every time I check his his numbers I'm like yo this guy's playing like 14 minutes like and playing like once a week like I don't know what his injury is but I feel like he would be such a good piece if he if he could give them like 25 minutes a game uh, but despite that he's he's still going crazy yeah, that's uh, that's a very interesting point you bring there, Saifa. So I compare his situation to what Duncan Robinson's going through this year. You know, guys get the massive contracts, and then the pressure's on them to deliver. And I personally feel like as talented as they are, when you're playing at a sport at that high level, they might be dealing with some performance anxiety. It's not easy being a professional athlete, having all that pressure on you, especially after you get a huge payday like Bertans and Duncan Robinson have. So, I mean, you know what? Sure, they're struggling, but I'd, I'd give them a bit of a break. They're very talented, and hopefully they turn it around before, uh, um, before you know it. Yeah, Davis Bertans, man, that's the third highest paid player on the Dallas Mavericks. Just a quick trivia question for you guys. Do you know who the highest paid player on the Dallas Mavericks is? Oh. Um, wait, it's not Luka? Did he not get his no, extension? Not this oh, year. yeah. His money doesn't kicked in yet. Okay. Wow. Da- Davis is third. Yeah. And he, he had a mass deal, like 80 million. So over mm-hmm. four or five years. Probably five, I hope. Um, actually, no. I'm all for players getting their money. Um, fuck. The highest paid player on the Mavs has got to be... Do you know? I mean, it should be Luca by a long shot, but I have no idea. Wait, wait. Let me at least... Let's at least throw a guess out before Donald answers. Okay. I'm going to say... I'm trying to remember who the fuck's on that roster right now. It's all... Oh, is it... Is my man fucking uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. still on that big contract from New York? Tim Hardaway Jr., baby. Oh! Can you believe that? Yeah, that was going to be my what guess a... as well. That was going to be my guess. That's knowledge. And then Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie second. So right now, both those teams are doing it with uh, their big stars, Ja and Luca. Not getting paid too much. Luca's just over 10. Ja's just over 9. And uh, similar to uh, what's going on in Memphis, highest paid player on the the Memphis Grizzlies is Stephen uh, Adams. Stephen Adams, man. Oh, that that one, yeah, easy. Yeah. He got that. A I think he got a hundred million dollar deal from OKC. I love Stephen Adams, so yeah. shout out to him. Um, He's getting his fucking paper. Man. That's crazy, though. I thought. Bertans had a bigger deal though. I think Hardaway. I, I swear I thought his deal was like could just se- be structured. Mil. You know? Yeah, it's probably just structured different. But yeah, wow, that's yeah. It's fucking going through the league and looking at everyone's contracts is always so insane. When you'll see the dude who's yeah. playing like six minutes, who's like on the last year of his deal and old and shitty now, and they're making like yeah. like look at the Lakers, man. <laughs> Russ getting forty four next year. Whew. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, 
One point we should make for uh, struggling franchises out there is that uh, in this day and age, the drafting system works, and teams who are at the bottom for years to come, it uh, you guys can turn it around. If you just take a look at the Western Conference standings, nothing lasts forever, baby. Phoenix, Memphis, and Dallas, congratulations to the diehard fans. Zhu, you know absolutely nothing about that, but... Uh, you you guys deserve your flowers, man. Congratulations to those three franchises. And the Charlotte Hornets. Come on now. We got mellow in this a couple years ago and now we're Yeah, going, all right, all right. You just hopped top, baby. on, bro. You just jumped on. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the rundown and wrap up episode six. Damn. The halfway point of season fifteen. Shit flies by. Ju, it was a pleasure having you here, man. Thanks for, Thanks having for coming me on, on. Guys, really appreciate it. Hell yeah, peace y'all.